0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30 for 30% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the feed hub offers first of its kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market.
1: For turkey hunting around here and I hope that you guys have had the same type of success but today this episode is all about turkey hunting it's the full recap of my season as well as my buddy Austin and my cousin Sam's season so you're going to hear stories of success of failure cool encounters with wildlife you name it this episode has it I'm super pumped so let's jump in
2: Like he was doing things that were just badass.
1: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dean had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys. So I know that last year was kind of a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers, but that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Now, Go Wild is a free social community that was built by outdoors men and women just like me and you. Not only are your photos not censored on Go Wild, they're actually encouraged. And they give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn those points, you can unlock awesome rewards like gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Check this out, though. If you create a free account you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So go visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show today, this is pretty sweet. This is, I think, the first time I've ever set up all my equipment outside. So we are outdoors right now on the property that I got, well, on one of the properties that I got a bird on this year. And a property that Austin and I have hunted a couple times. But I'm here with my buddy Austin. And my cousin Sam is phoning in from the great dairy land itself, Wisconsin. Cheese so, state. The cheese state. Cheese heads, Packer fans, all of the above. But right. Wisconsin is just an all-around outdoors place. I mean, like, it's Pretty a paradise. Turkey.
3: Pretty good for turkey.
1: Yeah, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So all three of us had success and it was a good year for Turkey hunting. I finally, like I finally set up in a different spot this year and I'm going to get into more of the details, but I figured out where these birds are moving. And I've got a feeling I'm going to kill a lot of birds out of this one tiny little patch every single year. So, um, why don't we start by doing this? Austin, uh, why don't you share a little bit about your hunting history? for those who maybe didn't hear the other episode episode that you were on. And then Sam, uh, I'll kick it over to you after he's done.
3: Right on. Well, I'm Austin, and I have grown up hunting. I didn't really dive into hunting till a couple of years ago after I played soccer growing up, so played through college and um, ended that and dove into hunting. And my wife thought she was getting a soccer player, but she was actually getting a hunter. <laughs> so... Now I'm diving in. I've started because of you, um, putting in out West and trying to do some hunts like that. Finally got, um, permission to go elk hunting this year, but yeah, got, got, uh, into hunting early and fell in love with it. But now I'm diving into it, both feet, everything I can. So yeah,
1: dude, that's awesome, man. What I've got a quick question about that. Cause you were a soccer player and then you got into hunting. What takes up more time?
3: Um hunting definitely takes more time now because I constantly talk about it to the point where I annoy people but I don't care I love it that
1: much. Yeah, I don't hear people talk about soccer a whole lot. No. I mean like people who are big fans of soccer will talk about games and stuff but when it comes to hunting we don't shut up. Like outdoorsmen just don't shut up. No matter where you are, you get into the right group of guys and It's hours and hours of conversation about
2: previous There will be endless stories of hunting.
3: (laughs) Well, I was driving over here going, I can finally just talk freely about hunting and not annoy anyone.
1: No, we're not. (laughs) We won't get annoyed at all. Um, Sam, why don't you share, you've been on a couple times now, but why don't you share a little history of how you got into hunting and what that looks like for you now?
2: Uh, I've kind of been into hunting. Um, I would say ninety-five percent of my life. Um, I kind of grew up doing uh, pheasants and waterfall um, deer as well. And then the older I got, the more I just wanted to kind of expand my uh, my obsession with the with the outdoors and with the wildlife. And so I started hunting every everything you can pretty much think of from small game um, all the way up to really the only big game I hunt is deer. I haven't gotten a chance to do. Um, much more than that but um, both five five years ago um, I took up turkey hunting um, I was doing some guiding um, ac- pretty much across the country and we started doing some turkey hunting um, that was some new territory for me I've never even been on a turkey hunt so um, it's a little more rewarding than I think anything else that I hunt um, just due to the fact that Everything that I know about turkeys or how to hunt them, I've taught myself. So I've been pretty successful throughout the years and was uh, I'm grateful to be able to help other people out every year and, and be able to help them, you know, be successful in the hunt as well. So, yeah, now we're here. Now I'm, I'm kind of joining up with Buck Gardner and kind of venturing my ways out with them and just out here slaying turkeys in the spring, waterfall in the fall
1: like good dude that's awesome man yeah i think you and i both got into turkey hunting around the same time i definitely didn't get hooked on it um as soon as you did but like you said it's one of the more rewarding types of hunting that you do i will say in i know this isn't the case all over the country but where we are there's there's no other animal in the water in the outdoor world that I feel like you can successfully go out almost day after day and have encounters with a mature male animal. You know, with deer, like, you might have encounters every day with does or yearlings or, uh, you know, two-year-old bucks. But with turkeys, it seems like, at least for me, this year, it was almost daily that I had encounters with big toms and it might not be like up close and personal but at least i was seeing them every day Uh, see them and hear them yeah you see them you hear them and so this year definitely i i bet you if i had to say before this year i was probably at a two or a three out of ten when it came to turkey hunting it was something to pass the time in the spring this year i'm probably closer to a seven maybe up to an eight and a half even (laughs) after the experiences I had this year and really figuring out the birds, figuring out how to better hunt them. And part of that was listening for them in the roost and not fully setting up until I knew right where the birds were roosting.
3: Dude, the hunts I came out with you, they were so good. And I would be right there with you, like uh, probably a nine on the scale. But the hunts I went out alone, besides the hunt that I killed my bird, were like, I was starting to lose it. I was, like, down to a one because I heard, like, maybe two gobbles, and that was it. And then out here I would come out. We That one day we heard, like, a hundred.
1: Dude, we – I would venture to say that one morning where we had our backs to the woods, I think we probably heard between five and seven hundred gobbles. It was crazy. Like, in all reality, I it was – It was a solid 45 minutes to an hour where you didn't go 10 to 15 seconds without hearing them. And then when one would let off, there were like 12 birds, Toms and Jakes, all in the woods within 100 yards of us. And they were just going nonstop for that 45 minutes to an hour.
2: It was, man, I don't care what anybody says. I don't even care if I shoot a bird. A morning to have an experience like that, I would wake wake up for any day of the week.
1: I was going
3: to say the same thing.
1: Like, that just was the most fun I've it. had. Yeah, it. well, in yep. Austin, we didn't come away with a bird that day Mm-mm. because they just hung up in the woods. They did not want to come out, and we had our back <clears> to the woods. <throat> we were facing uh, a pond and cattle pasture and bean fields, and, like, we had really good visibility, and the reason we set up in that spot is because I had seen – 12 to 15 birds come out of those, those woods, I think two days prior. And I was like, man, if they come through the same spot, they're going to be right on top of us. And it's just going to be a convoy of Jake's and Tom's. And we're going to hopefully get on one. Uh, We ended up putting a stalk on them because we were like, dude, they're not coming out. And we could hear them getting a little bit farther away in the woods. Like every time they'd gobble, it seemed like they were 10 yards farther away. And so finally we were like, Hey, we're going to go in after them. And one thing that I definitely want to hit on is reaping and having a reaping decoy, because that's been a big talking point. It seems like this year among hunting groups is, is it okay to reap birds? Is it okay? Like for the population, is it disturbing everything too much, but I've been a big fan of it. And honestly, this year was the first year that I called in a bird and did it in quotes the right way you know uh but up up until this year it was reaping every time or or at least cutting them off even even if i didn't have the decoy i was watching where they went and going out in front of them instead of staying put and calling them to me so yeah this year was great man
2: yeah so which one is more rewarding reaping or calling the bird in.
1: You know, I'm still undecided on that one, to be completely honest. I think okay. I think I would probably say calling the bird in if, like, the two birds that came in when they did, it, it worked out perfectly. I knew where they were going to be coming from because I heard them all across the road. And so I set up about 200 yards from the road. I knew they were going to be coming out into the fields because I'd watched them do it every single day. And I think that if they had come across and I let them get to my decoy and they started beating it up, I probably would say calling them in. But also, there is a lot of skill involved in getting out in front of a turkey and, like, knowing the direction it's going, you know, playing the shadows, staying tucked into the woods if they're out in a field. And so, like, that aspect of it was more like elk hunting for me. Um, where just sitting still. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but there's no physical like side of it. If that makes sense.
2: Sure. So, I've noticed this year, um, you know, throughout the years of when I first started, I would, I did a lot of reaping as well. Um, and then same thing, you know, with the people that would take out, if I see a bird out in the middle of the field, I was like, whatever, man, let's, let's grab that decoy and let's go. Um, but I've just gotten down to the point within my few years where I think I've just, I've mastered it and it's not much of a challenge for me anymore. And it just doesn't feel as rewarding to me. Um, You know, my, my favorite, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when you can get out there and a bird just like instantly gives it up. But my favorite is when that Tom isn't, quite sure on whether or not he wants to come over and check you out or not and it's your job to convince him that he should those are my favorite hunts those are the hunts that because he made me work for it you know um and we had a few hunts this year that was exactly that and i don't uh, i don't sit very long for my birds you know i i give everybody that i call it deer hunting turkeys um you know people that and i know a lot of people that go out sitting there blind and they're like oh yeah we spent eight hours out there today i'm like that's insane (laughs) like props to you for being able to do that i just don't have the patience um if i can't see them or i can't hear them i'm moving i'm either going to a whole new location or i'm moving to the other side of the woods or the property wherever i am um and i'm going to get on a bird and so yeah, my thing, I would say my favorite thing to do is I pretty much spot and stalk them. You know, I spot them somewhere. I get as close as I possibly can without spooking the bird. Sometimes I do it with decoys. Sometimes I do it without decoys. And I just convince the bird that, hey, oh, shoot, you know, all of a sudden the hen just popped up in the woods and then I'm right next to it. I'm going to go check her out, you know. Um, yeah, that's see, some of my... th-
1: that side of it sounds like you kind of get the best of both worlds. You're not yep. fully reaping them, but you're spotting right. them, having the physical aspect of getting in quickly and quietly, unseen, and yep. then still calling them and convincing them that you're a real bird. Yep. Whereas, yeah, yes, yeah, pretty like, much
2: exactly that.
1: Typically, when when I would reap, it was just the visual side of it. You know, as long as I stayed tucked away, I would just get out in front of them, or I'd get behind right. a turkey fan and get as close as I could to them. In fact, I did that this year. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to start out by sharing my stories this year, and then we're going to bounce it between you guys to hear some of your stories from the hunts and successes. But like this year, it was a slow start for sure. And I thought, I thought they were done. Like I was like, man, they've all hand up They're They're not coming out. There was several days where it was just so much different than any other year that I had had. Um, and then it seemed like about a week into season, it all turned on. And so me and my buddy drew, we went and sat in this one spot. We had seen birds coming out or getting close to that point, And we had never actually sat on this fence row before we had sat in the fields on either side of it, but you know, three to 500 yards away in years <clears throat> past. And this year I was like, man, I think that they're going to use this crossing down here and where they roost is almost always on the other side of the road. And so we ended up getting out in this field and right before, well, actually I think we were setting up decoys or maybe had fully set up and we started hearing him gobble. And I said, Hey, what do you think? And I mean, he basically finished my sentence. He's like, I think we move closer. I think we get over to that fence line. And so we did. And right away we had birds come across the road Um, A couple big toms, they didn't seem too interested. Uh, Two big toms, in fact, they ended up strutting up the road and away from us. And then I saw three other birds that popped up and I was like, oh, dang, man. Like if they keep coming, there was a bush in between us and them and I could pick them out here and there. But I was like, dude, they went down in this dip. We can't see them. Like they're going to end up being 50 yards in front of us if they do keep coming this way. And so I was calling, and I'm not a good caller by any means. I know how to get them to talk back, but I, I am not great at getting them convinced that I'm a hen that is ready to, you know, do the dirty. And so <laughs> all of a sudden these birds, man, they just showed up. I was like, crap, dude, they're right here, they're right here. And this whole time we had had, I would say, along the road. So if we're if we're facing south, for 200 yards on the other side of the road on each side of us so a span of 400 plus yards there was probably six toms that were gobbling all morning well we had heard one and it was straight down the fence row like directly across the road from us well we were focused on these other birds and this whole time I'm thinking man I should look to my left but now these birds are right in front of us so I'm not going to move at all until we get a shot well we had a We had an opportunity at the three of them. It was a mature Tom and two Jakes. And I was like, dude, I think we could both shoot right now and hit this thing. Like, I think we could kill it if we both shot. And he's like, no, no. And I didn't, I couldn't even range it at this point, but I would guess it was around the 50 yard mark. And so I was pretty confident, but I was like, dude, I'm not the guy who's like, I have to be the one to shoot it. I'd rather just one of us get a bird. You know, I don't care if we draw straws for it or what. And He's like, no, man, no, it's, I don't think we should. And then it got behind a bush from me, but he could still see it. And I saw him raise his gun. I'm like, dude, are you about to shoot this thing? (laughs) He's like, yeah, I am. And the safety clicks off. And this whole time I'm still thinking, man, there was a bird coming from behind us or like to our left. And I want to look, but I don't want to blow this opportunity in front of us. And so I didn't look, he pulls the trigger. This bird takes off running. And I looked to my left right after he shoots, and there was a Tom in our decoys at probably 20 uh, to 25 yards. So uh, no. whiff on that, he ended up going out, I think, yeah, he went out the next day or maybe two days later to the same spot and ended up killing a bird. I went back to that same spot the day after, and I had the same exact scenario. <clears throat> Literally everything played out exactly the same except this time I was really focused on the birds coming across the road right down the fence row. And so I heard them, there were two of them, and I was like, all right, they sound like they're on my side of the road. But the way the topography was, I was up on this fence row that was on a hill, and then there's a big like creek bottom below a pond. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not covered. I mean, there's trees here and there, but like for the most part, it's open cattle pasture, and I still couldn't see them. Well, I had birds out in the field in front of me, but they were way, way out, like 300 yards out. And finally, I got a glimpse, and I was like, oh, there's two toms, and <laughs> they are coming this way. And I just kept letting them work. It started raining on me, and they kept working, kept working, kept working. And I, uh, when I had first seen them, I was like, all right, they're going to come up this route. I ranged a tree. It was at 50 yards. And so I was like, oh, okay. As soon as they pass that tree, they're within range, but I'll let them get like 15 yards on this side of it. So they were still probably... 20 ish yards from my decoys Mm -hmm. but anyways they they got in range i got my gun up super slowly and i ended up having my gun kind of like cocked sideways it wasn't at like 90 (laughs) degrees vertical it was probably at like 75 but i was like dude i got like i can't move (laughs) anymore i'm in an awkward angle um and i should have adjusted before then but i didn't and then my guns on my shoulder And I'm having to wait because they're stacked on top of each other. And here in Missouri, you can shoot two toms, but you can't shoot two on the same day. And even in the first week of season, you can't shoot two in the first week. You have to wait. Mm -hmm. So I wait for them to split, shoot, and drop one. And I was so pumped. Uh, Looked for my empty, uh, and I couldn't find my casing anywhere or my empty shell. Um, And as I'm looking for it, the other birds that were in the field in front of me just hung out for like 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm standing up, plain as day, and I'm on the phone. Yeah, I think you, I you were with both, me. I called both of you that day, <laughs> and there were birds that were still coming into the field as I'm standing there. And I'm like, dude, nobody would even believe this unless they saw it.
3: I remember you like, you were, my connection wasn't great, but you were coming in and out. All of a sudden, you just go, dude, there are more birds in the field.
1: Yeah. And just all of a sudden, I they just like, kept popping what? out. And I was FaceTiming you, I think. Yeah. And so I was like trying to show you, but we're out in the country. And so that was, that was my first bird. And then, uh, last day that I was able to hunt because we were going down to the lake to catfish for, a bir- for Drew's birthday party. Um, we, Drew and I were driving around. The morning was slow. Uh, the neighboring property, a guy came out on his tractor and was like, brush hogging stuff and it was so loud and I'm like dude we're not going to get birds out they're really spooky in this area or in that part and so we end up driving around and we saw like 12 mature toms on the neighbor's property I mean Jeez. all every single one of them was fanned out like gobbling like crazy and I'm like great dude that's where all the birds are today and then I look and from where we were we were up on a hill on the road and it drops way down to the creek bottom and then you can see just the top part Of the property that we can hunt and i was like dude there's birds out there and i could see two bodies and one tom for sure fanned out so i was like this is perfect we've got a good entry we can get all the way in within probably 100 yards without them seeing us and so we got set up put a tom decoy out or like a jake decoy out and did some calling zero response like no calls from them at all and so i worked my way up this little embankment peeked over the top as slow as i could and, dude, there were birds everywhere, like a dozen jakes and toms. I didn't see a single hen up there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. And so we tried calling some more, no interest at all. So I was like, dude, they they ended up getting to about 80 yards, and they were just feeding. So I was like, all right, I've got the turkey fan. We're going to crawl on our hands and knees and try to get close to these. Well, they they didn't hate it, but they didn't like it. And so they were like slowly walking and feeding away. Not none of them took off. None of them flew. They were just slowly feeding away. And we crawled with, I had the Turkey fan in one hand, which is an umbrella with a Turkey print on the front of it. The, my shotgun in the other hand. And I was using my shoulder strap as a pad for my knuckles (laughs) because I was crawling on two knees and one knuckle, like all the way up after them. Drew's behind me with his shotgun. We ended up, getting a uh we ended up getting a bird and we mapped it out it was between 380 and 400 yards that we crawled through this field and it had rained all week so it was just like we were covered in mud it was nasty but ended up they by the time they got to the very top of the hill where i was like dude they're about to the property line. I was like, we got to, we got to pop up. We're both going to shoot. We're both shooting at the same bird. I don't want to injure anything. If we both shoot, we're going to drop this thing for sure. And we, we did both shoot and it rolled and then it stood up and started running. And so (laughs) he shoots. And then I have one last shot as it's getting to the fence line. And I'm like, this thing's already injured. Normally I wouldn't take a running shot at a bird that far away, but I knew like we saw feathers explode out of it and it tumbled. And I was like, we're just going to put you it down. Might as well
2: and so, yeah. yeah,
1: you might as well. And so I ended up shooting one more time and it just, it looked like I shot it at 10 yards. It really did. Okay. Like the amount of feathers that exploded from its neck, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And it died. It was like stone cold dead at wow. that point. And so we go over to it and where it died, it its head fell and landed underneath the bottom row of four strand on the neighbor's property, its whole body was still on our property. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And Drew's like, dude, we gotta go back and get our empties. And I was like, Yeah, absolutely. Well the way <laughs> I that thought the, you, <laughs> I thought
2: you were gonna say he, he was gonna be like, dude, we gotta go get permission to get this bird. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be so
1: funny. I would have I would have totally let him do that too. Like, yeah, go ahead and go ask. And the landowner's like, Yeah, you gotta like I'm gonna have to come out there with you. And then he comes out and <laughs> yeah. sees where it is. But no he's like dude run back quick and grab the empties and then we'll take some pictures and so he's like and get back there i'll wait here and just range it he's like because that last shot was a long shot and so i was expecting it to be you know like 55 60 yards maybe and i range it and it was like 77.8 yards and i'm telling you it hit that bird as if it was like 10 yards out and i was like holy cow again even with that shot, I would never take a first shot at that Mm -hmm. distance. I just don't feel comfortable with it. Um, and each, each round of ammo is different. You know, like you could, you could be shooting the same box and it might, you might have that one round that just patterns kind of funny. So those were our two hunts. He ended up tagging that bird. I mean, we both shot it. And so it was just like, Mm -hmm. who, who wants to tag it? Um, he had more time that day. He was already going to go and do something else with a buddy of his. And so he's like, yeah, dude, I'll take it and clean it and everything. Um, so he ended up tagging that one. And anyways, those were my two successful hunts. Multiple other hunts. I probably had encounters with 70 to 110, oh, yeah. like, shootable birds this year.
3: I mean, just in the times we went out, we had so many opportunities. We just never got the bird in range. But we saw so many birds, Heard, oh, yeah. so, heard so many.
1: But dude, yeah. it was nonstop, man. But you, I mean, you came out and then you had to go on a trip, mm-hmm. but the whole time you and I were talking and we're like, dude, we want to get two birds this year. Like we want to do one with our shotgun, one with our bow. I never brought my bow out. This happens every year. Cause I'm just like, no, I just want a two bird year. Finally. I've mm-hmm. never had that. Um, but you went out on a property that you didn't have a whole lot of success with no. all throughout the season.
3: <clears throat> I I went out that first week a couple times, two or three times. And the first two times I went out, I heard gobbles for maybe 10 minutes and then they shut up. So I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to, I, there must be hunting pressure or something out here. So, or the bird, or there's just not birds here, you know, what, wh- whatever it was. So I kind of took my time away from it, stayed away for about a week and then kind of woke up one morning. Early and was like, you know what? I'll head out and and see if I can kill a bird. And I got out there real early. It was like 5:30, and I hadn't heard birds till like at least six o'clock um, at this property. And 5:30, I literally get out of my jeep and hear gobbles, and I knew exactly where they were. They were way back in the back of this property. So I literally I grabbed everything I could and just took off running. Because I was like, I know I have to get back here and get set up. So I get back to, we have this, it's actually my food plot for um, deer. So I've planted some food in it um, earlier before, like back in, I think March is when I planted it. So I ran back there. I threw up the decoys and then started to tuck in. And this whole time they're sounding off and i set up my decoys i'm like i think i can get closer so i move back and put my decoys 10 yards from the property line and i'm like if i if a bird comes i'll have a shot at it and i tuck back in and i hear something fly down and i don't i didn't see it i caught like a glimpse i was like okay that was either a turkey an owl or a hawk and i i couldn't make out what it was about an hour later, I'm sitting there and I've kind of, I'm at that point where I'm sitting on the ground and you know how it is. I'm not, I'm like, not the hunter.
1: I, should I just go home?
3: Yeah. It. I hadn't heard anything for a while. I'm like, I'm not the hunter. That's like, I'm sitting here ready No. So I start curling up. I turn sideways. I'm like curled up on the tree. I'm like, well, another unsuccessful hunt. And all of a sudden from behind me, I just hear something in the woods. And at this point, my gun is like somehow like three or four feet, behind me as I'm curled up on the tree and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I look, I watch, all of a sudden I see a turkey and I'm like, that was a big bird. I couldn't make out. I didn't see a beard or anything. So I was thinking that could have been a Jake and I kind of just, it disappears behind some brush and I kind of turn back around. Somehow I'm able to grab my gun and get it up on my shoulder and get ready. And I mean, it just played out perfect. The bird came in and it it started to fan out. It stopped at my hen decoy for a little bit and then moved straight to my funky chicken that I got. And oh, it was... I
1: swear by that thing after this year.
3: Oh, my gosh. That thing is amazing. I, I mean, I told you early season, I'm like, I can't imagine what turkey think because looking at it,
1: I hate the decoy. Well, like, I don't see a skinny dude and I'm like, I'm going to go beat the crap out of that guy. But turkeys <laughs> think that, man.
3: Dude. So this turkey was ready to beat it up and I got it on video of this turkey coming in and I, I'm glad I recorded it because this is my first turkey I've ever killed in the spring. I killed one with my bow, a hen, in in the uh, fall. So that was cool, but this is the first one with a shotgun in the spring and I rushed the shot because it was all Which, flare-
1: For those that are listening... In Missouri, it is legal to kill hens in the fall. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just I, a heads up,
3: I forgot to say that. I had to say that a couple times. I was like, "Oh yeah, it is legal to kill them in the fall uh, with a bow."
1: You can't. I can you use shotgun? Yeah, the all I of October, yeah, all of October, oh. shotgun for turkey in the fall.
3: Huh. Well, I'm always, I'm typically deer hunting at that time, so. Yeah. But anyways, he came in perfect. I did rush the shot because I shot and feathers flew, but. He did he was injured but not dead. So I had to shoot I shot again as he was running and missed him. And then he perfectly like was running away from me and I shot him in the back of the head and he was done. But it was it was a good bird and I'm excited. I got my first bird and heck, I'm so excited for next season to I'm I'm at an eight on the
1: one to ten. Yeah, yeah. It's growing. I'm I'm hoping to get to a ten. And I think I will if I have another year like this year, but also if I travel, like, I really want to go hunt them in the mountains. Oh, yeah! And I saw so much turkey sign when I was in Utah this year, and I want to go back out there and turkey hunt next year.
3: Heck, I'll come with you. That sounds Dude, fun. Dude, let's
1: just plan a trip. The three of us, next year, Utah, spring turkey.
3: Well, we're already going and to Missouri do- Missouri and Wisconsin. If we're doing that, we might as well go for the Grand Slam.
1: Dude, don't even get me started on that, <laughs> man dude that's that's awesome man so you got that turkey lots of other encounters sam now this is going to take up like 40 times as long if you tell all the stories of the turkey hunts this year but i want to hear some of the more memorable ones because you've had great success with turkey hunting where you're at you've got them figured out and i want you to share some of the more memorable (laughs) hunts but then also i want to hear about that dominant hen that you were able to kill Charquise. multiple... Charquise. He killed Charquise. multiple, multiple Toms, him and his buddies, multiple Toms off of this one hen. So you got to oh, yeah. share that He's with have listeners. I've heard, I've heard every success story that you've had this year because we call each other like every day during turkey season. But the listeners have not. And uh, speaking of, I'm going to have to show you, Austin, the videos after this. Yes. But let's hear about Charquise, how that turkey is your new best friend. All right, guys, I need to take a quick second to tell you about a product that I've been using for quite a while now. It's called Bull Elk Beard Oil. If you've spent any amount of time in the outdoors, whether it's on the mountain, in the marsh, or in the woods, you've felt the effects of the wind, the sun, and the cold on your face. What this product does, it helps you look better, feel more confident, and it helps your beard keep its moisture. Not to mention it smells great. So now my wife can't complain as much after I come home from a long week of elk hunting. Now I need to tell you, I've gotten to know Brian the founder over the past couple months, and he is an awesome guy. Brian made sure that all of these oils are made out of clean products right here in the USA. He also loves to give back to the outdoor community, whether that's through fundraisers for public land acquisitions, or even helping donate money to cover the surgery cost of duck dogs. He's an amazing guy and he makes an amazing product. So go check out com, and be sure to check out the subscription options so that you don't have to run out of your favorite facial hair product. Plus, you can use the code nomadic and get
2: 20%
1: off your order.
2: Yeah, so it was actually the first year I started uh, turkey hunting here in Wisconsin. Um, I just happened to see some birds. I, was, I, was, I think I was looking for ducks and geese at the time and happened to see turkeys out in this guy's field all the time and so i was like you know what i'm gonna keep that in mind i marked it on my on x and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go over i'm gonna knock on that guy's door and turkey season i feel like turkeys are kind of becoming like deer hunting around here um a lot of people are kind of locking down property um landowners are you know there's just more and more people that are that are getting into it um and it, it makes it a lot harder for others to get permission. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance anyway. So I, I got the permission that that next spring, and I got in there. And uh, one of my techniques when I go in, if I can't, you know, I mean, when you call, you can get Toms to gobble at you all day. And it, it's, a, it's a good sign, but it's not the best sign. Um, because a Tom could be hemmed up. And has no intentions of leaving that hen whatsoever. But he can hear you calling, but he's just going to keep gobbling at you. And a lot of the times, the hen will, you know, they'll go to him. So my next strategy is, if he's not going to leave her, then I'm going to challenge the hen. And by challenging, pretty much means either a, I'm going to I'm going to make myself sound like a boss hen. And all you really all it is is you get super aggressive with your clucking, super aggressive with your yelping. Um, you know, you get a little bit, you get quite a bit louder. And if it's not a dominant hen, more than likely, you know, if I if I yelp really loud, pretty much is what I'm saying is, hey, I'm the boss hen of this woods. This is where I am. You come to me. Um, and a lot of the times, like if they're not a dominant hen, that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, you know, it'd be no different than mom telling the kids, hey, it's supper time, pretty much. And so if they are a dominant hen or if they are the boss hen of that wood and then all of a sudden I'm in the woods screaming, hey, I'm the boss hen of this wood. She's going to be like, "Um, no, you know, I'm the boss hen of this wood. And it is so awesome to get this bird fired up. I mean, it's it's just as cool listening to her as it is any Tom gobbling. And I'll sit there, yelp away, cluck away, and almost everything I do, she'll mimic me, and she'll do it just as, if not more aggressive than I do it. And, uh, you know, you can hear her getting closer and getting closer. And it's funny because, you know, some people that I take out, I'm like, hey, get ready, she's coming. And they're like, dude, we can't shoot him, you know? <laughs> like, but you just know no. she's got a Tom and tow. <laughs> oh yeah. Like dude, she's the ball pen, man. Like, you know, she's, she's stealing all the guys from, from everybody else too. And so, uh, yeah, so sure enough. I mean, this, the, the, guy that owns this piece of property, he's got a nice flooded woods, um, and then a big dry section on on the other side. And obviously, you know, we hunt the dry sections, but he's got these big four wheeler trails for deer hunting Um, you know, and so it just kind of leaves a little bit of an open spot through the woods and it's perfect, perfect spot to set up decoys on. Um, you know, these birds can be all the way across the the woods and hop on this trail and they could see my decoys from across the woods. So (laughs) we'll be sitting there and then, yeah, here comes Charcquise. She, uh, she does not like my hen decoys. She, she came in, she's attacked them before. She's came in and I've actually even it wasn't really strutting, but she did come in with her feathers all puffed out and everything. And yeah, she was not happy. And then sure enough, here comes big daddy Tom, you know? And, uh, yeah, we've had, we've had everything from boy. I think the closest shot we had on a, on a time off of is six yards. She brings, she brings them in pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. She's my favorite bird. That's for sure. Every time I go out there, I always tell my buddies about Sharquoise.
1: Yeah. You leave, you leave (laughs) her alone in the fall. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If
2: I could, I'd band her for sure. I'll this whole time,
1: this
3: whole time, I <laughs> think we're talking about a decoy. I didn't realize it was an actual bird. Oh no, it's bird. An actual bird. that's amazing.
2: Yeah, she is. She is no doubt uh, my favorite bird um, so far, but. Uh, yeah, so we, we, I didn't actually, now that I think about it, I did not have any luck off of Charquette this year. I did have her come into the decoys a couple times. Um, but the, the toms, I don't know, there's something about the, either maybe they were hung up on a different hen, or maybe they just weren't really feeling like getting back into the woods just yet. Um, but yeah, she came into the decoys a few times and yelping back at me. And actually, I had a client out with me. And he thought that was the coolest thing. I mean, she was probably twelve feet in front of us, just screaming her lungs out. Um, and you would be surprised on how loud a turkey actually is. But we um, we got twelve birds, or I twelve birds under our belt this year um, as a group. Um, I just take a lot of friends and uh, family out, pretty much just for fun. Um, I like to do it for people that don't necessarily know what they're doing or that they're just getting into it. Um, and you know, they just need somebody that has been kind of around for a while and, and knows the, the techniques and strategies. So I would say the, probably the top three memorable hunts this year would be, um, number one for sure would be my daughters. Um, I got a six year old daughter. She's been, bugging me for probably the last two years on hunting everything I hunt um and I thought you know maybe I should start taking her so last year I took her out hunting and uh, she seemed to really enjoy it I mean she took a little snooze throughout the throughout the time we were sitting out there oh, but dude,
1: I did that with Austin this year a couple <laughs> times
2: <laughs> yeah I mean well especially especially for kids they're not you know like here where it was getting light out at like I don't remember like a quarter to five. You know, so that means that we're up and out of bed by three, three thirty. Then kids aren't used to doing that, you know. Um so yeah, that kinda wears them out. Plus too, you know, hiking through the woods and stuff and that fresh air can really get to you. But this year I decided, you know what, I was like, I think uh I was like I'll tell you what. I said if uh, we get out into the range and get you know, get some practice in us and you can make me proud. I said, I will take you out turkey hunting and, and you can shoot, try and shoot your first bird this year. She, oh my gosh, that was the best thing I could have ever told her. And so we went out to the range and she shot a few times. And every time she shot, it was a hundred percent, man. I mean, she just at 30 yards was peppering these these uh, targets. And so I was like, I think she's ready. You know, and it's a big difference shooting a target versus a the real deal. You mm. know, you don't have the adrenaline rush so the so adrenaline I was like, well, rush
1: what? the fact that they move and dude the yeah weird, right just the weird movements of birds man they're just mm-hmm. so like spastic if you will like their heads up yeah. their heads down they're, yep. they're like walking and bobbing their head like a freaking velociraptor
2: <laughs> <laughs> well if you watch a turkey and how it walks it will throw its head out in front of it and then move its body w- into it um, and the reason they do that is because they're keeping their head still at all times and they're constantly watching their surroundings. Um, as long as their head stays still, they can catch movement. You know, obviously if they if their head's moving, it's harder for them to be able to catch movement, right? Cause they're moving. Um, and so I've, I've paid attention, you know, when they stick their head up like that and they're, you know, practically frozen, they're just, they're just looking for movement, you know, and um, that's what, that's pretty much what Elena's bird was kind of doing too. I mean, it. We we spotted them from across the field. We roosted three birds the night before, and I was like, "Well, I got a buddy to come out with me and videotape just in case." And boy, we were out there twenty minutes, half hour, maybe, and uh, it was a really crappy day actually. This was on the youth hunt, so right in the beginning of the year, we probably had. 15-mile-per-hour winds, maybe even closer to 20, Um, really, really chilly, super overcast, and it was just a crappy day, and I was like, man, this sucks, you know, I was hoping, I like, like, a partly sunny type of day, Um, I feel like a lot of the times when the clouds cover up the sun is when birds start get fired up, well, sure enough, I mean, Elena's like, man, I'm getting tired, and I was like, well, tell you what. Take a nap, you know, and if I see something, I'll wake you up. She didn't even get a chance to roll over and fall asleep. I mean, she she rolled over and she was sitting on her side, and I just happened to look off to my left, and I was like, man, I don't remember that rock being out in the middle of the field, <laughs> you know. And I just went, boop, there goes his head. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a bird, you know. So I told my buddy at the tank, I was like, watch this, and there, there's a bird over there, like I can't tell what it is yet. Sure enough, all of a I, I mean, this thing, this thing's head looked like a chameleon. I mean, when I first saw it, it was white. Within seconds, that thing was just beet red. And he came, uh, he did exactly everything I said he was not going to do. You know, I'm like, it's early in the year. It's the youth hunt. He's not going to, they're not going to be fired up. Yeah, they're strutting and they're trying to find these hens and stuff. But I'm like, they're still kind of bad for up. It's not like he's going to come into, you know, running into the decoys and attacking the decoy. That's exactly what he did. I mean, that thing came barreling in, (laughs) jumping all over and fighting, you know, smacking the decoy. My fan went flying off the decoy. My decoy falls over, and then he gets on top of it and starts mounting it. And I'm like, the entire time, all I could think about is what an absolute awesome experience, not only for me and my buddies. But for my six-year-old's first bird, you oh, yeah. know, I'm like, how spoiled can you get, you know? <laughs> I was like, honestly, I said, you might not even want to hunt anymore because I can't even remember the last time that I had a bird coming, you know, fighting the decoy. I mean, I probably would have it more often. I would just wait on pulling the trigger. But, <laughs> 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 um, So, yeah, we sat there, and I, I got a little 410 single shot. Um, with a red dot on it, and boy, you know, it's a little big for her, so I, I kind of got to help her hold it, Um, but I'm trying, man, I'm telling you, you try to line up a gun on a bird, and it is, it is not as easy as you think it is, you know, and she's trying to do the best she can, and I caught her numerous times, Um, she wasn't even looking through the red dot, she was just watching the bird, and and I, I scolded her for it, and I regret doing that because she was just expe- I mean, she was just enjoying the experience, yeah. you know, just living in the moment. But I was like, "We're out here shoot this thing," <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look this isn't, the red dot, this isn't a- bird viewing. <laughs> yeah, this right. is We're not out here with grocery we're not just taking pictures. <laughs> so yeah, she ended up finally she 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 got the the red dot on him, and she pulled the trigger, and she she hit him. But you could tell it wasn't good enough. She didn't drop him where he was standing, and so he kind of just like he he kind of he flew up and then he landed back down and then he kind of just stood there. And I know that she hit him fairly decent because his head was tucked down and he was just frozen. And so I was like, all right, let's give him a few minutes. You know, I said he probably filled up. You know, shot him in the lungs or something, and just give him a few minutes for the lungs to fill up. Well, then I got impatient, and I had to I had to kind of peek up and see. I wanted to see if I could see any blood coming out of his head. And, uh, yeah, he, he caught my face. He, um, he instantly turned around and flew away, and I was like, dang it. You know, I'm like, I told them to be patient, and then I was the one that was impatient. I was like, crap. Well, I'm watching this bird fly across the field, and he going to fly up into a tree. He lands on this branch, and I'm talking within milliseconds, he's falling out of this tree, back flipping. And I was like, oh, well, maybe he's hit a lot better than we thought, you know?
1: Well, and people need to so, understand, like, you, even with a perfect shot, like multiple BBs in the spinal column in the brain, the, the reflexes of a bird, I mean, there's a reason they say a chicken with its head cut off. Like, mm-hmm. they can yeah. fly, they can run, they can do all yep. sorts of stuff that you wouldn't think a bird that's basically already dead could do.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. They are they are extremely tough birds. I mean, obviously, you know, when they're at 10 yards, 15 yards, and you've got a 12-gauge with three and a half in it, then obviously they're not that tough, you know. But, yeah, they are very tough birds. Um, I decided to take a few minutes after watching him fall out of that tree. And I was like, let's just give him some time. I said, we'll walk over there. That's clearly he's hit really good. You know, just not good enough. Um, so we we kind of packed up our stuff a little bit and we walked on over and I mean we got 15 yards from the tree that he fell out of and he was laying right at the base of it and he was he was still alive and he was just sitting there kind of like watching us. I don't even know if he was watching us. He, he was probably at that time kind of you know brain dead or something. Yeah, just nervous. But I could see I could see quite a bit of blood coming out of his head, so I knew she. I mean she hit him in the head. Um but I like to teach my, my kids and, and everybody else that I take out, you know, the less suffering that this animal has, the better it can be for everybody. Yeah. Um so the first thing I did is as soon as we saw the bird, we got down on our knees. I got the the, the gun back up to her shoulder and I told her I said, put that red dot right on his head and said, When you're ready, pull the trigger and I mean she that time she did it all on her own. She put that gun up. I mean Seconds later, she's pulling the trigger and she just folded this bird up. So that was a very emotional, um, <laughs> very emotional moment for for me. I think me and my buddy Gage, uh, I think we reacted as probably more of a child than she did. <laughs> I mean, we were out there jumping around, high-fiving, hugging each other, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that was a very memorable. And then to have it all on video, too, it's just all that much more better dude that is
1: so awesome yeah
0: very can, very cool i
1: can't wait like i'm i'm pumped canyon and ember they couldn't go this year but canyon turns uh six at the end of august which means he can legally hunt in missouri this year so we're going to be doing a ton of shooting this summer getting him prepared and i already talked to him because the i found out one night on a podcast and it like finally clicked like crap Canyon can hunt this year so the first thing i asked him the next morning when he woke up was hey bud uh do you want to go and shoot a deer with dad this year and hit both his hands went up like he was freaking rocky running (laughs) up the stairs and he's like yes yes and he's been he's been sold on it ever since like he gets distracted but like every now and then he'll be like dad yeah, can we go hunt? And I'm like, after your birthday,
2: bud. After your birthday, we can go. <laughs> hunt. You gotta love the uh, the passion that they already have. You know, they 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 build this passion off of the reactions that they see you have. Yeah, you know, and it's almost like, man, if he loves it, I've gotta love it. You know, like, and then we get them to experience some of this stuff, and they're like, this is freaking awesome,
1: dude. What? And, what a cool experience, though! Like I cannot wait, and I really think I'm going to be ruined on hunting for myself once Canyon can start can start hunting. Like, oh,
2: I can tell all you right of my now, my
1: energy, all of my efforts are going to be first to get him a deer yep. or a turkey mm-hmm. or a duck or a rabbit or a squirrel yep. or a coyote or whatever. And I'm already. Uh, I already got the green light from my wife to get whatever equipment, whatever guns that he needs. I don't think they make first light in his size yet, but uh, you know, one day he'll probably have his own. But even like binoculars and stuff, getting him a pair of those. I got a scope for him. I've got to get. I've got to decide what I'm going to do for a rifle for him though. I don't know, like 410 next year for sure, and even this fall in October for turkey, I'll I'll get him probably a 410 similar to the setup you have, Sam. Um, but I, I've been thinking about possibly doing an AR, um, form just because the stock can, uh, telescope down to where he can, the, the length of pull is probably enough for him or or short enough for him, but we'll see. Uh, I've looked at a lot of youth rifles and honestly, I was looking at all of the different organizations that I'm a part of and some that I'm not a part of that I've been talking about doing for a long time. And I started looking at lifetime memberships. A lot of organizations like um, BHA, uh, NDA, RMEF, a lot of those, if you get a lifetime membership, uh, they've got different packages and you get a free gun with the purchase of a lifetime membership. And so I'm like, oh, dude, what a good good (laughs) excuse to get new. Hey, babe, I'm going to donate to a bunch of conservation organizations. Where, where'd where these three guns come
2: from? <laughs> but, yeah, that's we'll like see. those uh That's like those jewelry stores that they're like, if you buy a ring, you can get a free Benelli.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, there, it's, <laughs> it's really funny being in the Midwest and you see a lot of that stuff. I know Wisconsin was the same, but uh, there's one sign. We drove past it on the way to to uh, bird hunt, this year, to duck hunt this year, and there was a big billboard for an auto- collision uh place and it said hit a deer get a turkey and like if you hit a deer <laughs> with your car and bring your car in to get repaired they give you a turkey like uh, a frozen turkey for thanksgiving <laughs> and i was like dude that's so funny and there's there's been other places too where it's like if you buy a car with us you get an ar-15 and i'm like this is my <laughs> kind of place mm-hmm. yeah right that's what
2: my old lady keeps asking me. She's like, "Well, when are you going to propose?" And I'm like, "When that deal comes back." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I'm not getting something out of this.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So I mean, that I think that was your first hunt this year or first successful that was, hunt.
2: Yep. Yeah, that was the very first one. Yeah, that was opening day of the youth hunt. Dude, so what a
1: good start to season. Yeah, no kidding. From oh, there, it's gosh. just like it doesn't even matter what happens. But after oh, that, yeah, you continued next, to now. have success.
2: Yeah, we are. Actually, this year, I would say that this year is probably my biggest struggle. Um, We had, boy, quite a few, at least two weeks straight where it was like birds just disappeared. I don't know if it was hunting pressure or if it was weather or I don't know what it was, but it was like, I I think it was, I was scouting for um, my future father-in-law. He had the first week. And it was like, I saw 38 toms within about an hour and a half of scouting. And I got him on quite a few. Um, we had some altercations with his bow, so there was a couple misses um, before we realized that the, he had an issue with the bow. Um, but then it was like, after those hunts, they were just gone. I didn't know what happened to them. Um, so mm. I took another another client out and um, you know, he's never shot a bird before, so he was like, hey, dude, I'll take a Jake. I am not taking <laughs> whatsoever. I just want to shoot a bird, you know, and say that I did. Yeah. So he ended up, he, he did get a Jake. We've got an abundance of Jakes this year. Um, so the next couple of years should be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I, I've got a couple of buddies. Um, Dan, I know you know our buddy Tim. Um, and then... I also have a, another buddy, his name's Gage. And every year we we get together and we get all the same weeks and everything so we can all hunt together. It's kind of like our little turkey camp. Um, and this year, last year was a little little rough, uh, but this year it was, gosh, it was so sweet. Um, everybody got a bird. Everybody was happy. Tim got his first bird. Um, I was able to kind of sneak up inside of this woods on a lone tom. And uh, I set the decoy up and this bird, I mean, I walked into this woods softly yelping like I was just some hen, you know, screwing around in the woods. And he gobbled at every single thing that I did. And I was like, oh yeah, he's on a string. He, he's coming in. So I set the decoy up. I set my buddy Gage up. And as I'm sitting there, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm going to sit 10 yards behind you so I want to get it on video. And I'm sitting there and I'm like... I remember shed hunting this woods. It was very swampy, and I remember he had a couple of four-wheeler trails that were all dry, and I was like, boy, I got a bad feeling that he's going to hop on this four-wheeler trail, and he's going to walk all the way around, and if he does, he's going to get up behind us, and then we're screwed, you know? So I was like, well, I'm going to get up. I got up. I moved about thirty yards away from him. I said, "Keep your eyes on this area right here. You might come through there." I'm gonna watch this this trail. And that's exactly what he tried doing. He tried sneaking up on the four wheeler trail, and uh, I got him to about twenty yards, and and was able to uh, make a nice clean shot on him. So that was pretty sweet. Like I said before, you know, when you can sneak up into somewhere knowing there's a bird close by, and tricking them into thinking that hey you know i'm just some lone hen looking for some love it's awesome so i was able to do that again for my second bird which was the last bird that was harvested this year um same thing spotted a lone tom and i've actually felt really bad because (laughs) it's six o'clock in the morning and i spot this lone bird sneaking into this woods and i was like I don't have permission for the woods. I really don't want to start calling landowners at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I'm like, it is Sunday. Dude, you got to do there, what you got go to do, man.
1: Huh? I said, you got to do what you got to do.
2: Right. Late exactly. in the season, so man. Like, well, everything's takes. on the table. Yeah. <laughs> I figured worse comes worse, they're going to either A, not answer, or B, say no. So I look, I look it up on OnEx three different people own this wood. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of nice. You know, if one says no or doesn't answer, I can move on to the next one. Yeah, dude, you well, got
1: to fully I, strike
2: out, man. If, if you're <laughs> exactly. Not get chance <laughs> yeah, this right. Yeah. So I, I called the first person up, no answer. And I tried the second person, no answer. So I was like, dang it. Well, I was like, we'll try the last. And actually, I wasn't even going to try the last one. I was just going to give up. And Sam's like, well, you said three people own it. Call the third one. So I was like, you know what? You're right. I should. So I called the third one up, and this lady answers. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I, oh, I'm i so sorry. You know, I'm like, I don't mean to be calling you so early like this. I said, I, I just, I'm just curious. You had a big Tom turkey, you know, walking into your woods. I was curious, like, would you mind if I take a half hour out of my day, just a one time deal? I'll be in there, I'll be out of there. It was like I was never even there. So she talked to her husband. Yeah, why not? Like, sweet, you know. So I got in there and I told Sam, I said, if we can get into this woods, you know, with that lone bird, he's dead. I'm like 95% confident about it. So we got in there and we set up on the side of the field. And I started calling, and I could hear a gobble, but it was, like, way far out. And I'm like, no way he got that far already. You know, I mean, we were not, we were not, like, screwing around for all that long. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's a different bird. Who knows? So I just kept calling, just kept calling, and I noticed he was kind of getting closer. Well, ANC me, I was like, I just didn't, I didn't, did not like the setup. We were set up on the side of this field, and we kind of had the sun on our faces. My girlfriend didn't have a mask; she had face paint, but it just wasn't. I just didn't, didn't think that it was enough face oh, paint. Dude, you know, she still
1: pick up stuff from crazy. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I think the first year that I got into it, someone told me they can see if they're looking at you, they could see you blink at a hundred yards, and I'm like, oh, no way. But I dude, can tell wow. you right
2: now, when birds come in. I know how magnificent their eyesight is that that's, that's one of my biggest worries is I'm afraid of of blinking and I'm afraid of moving my eyes around too much because, you know, I I don't want them to like see my pupils And and it's happened before. I mean, I can't prove it and say, Oh, well they saw my eyes, but I mean, nothing was moving. You know, I, nothing, a part of me was moving except my eyes. And then all of a sudden it's like they go from strutting to instantly, stand down, head up and they're already turned around and they're walking away. You know. Dude, I mean, um, I mean
1: they kind of have to be because everything likes eating turkeys. I mean, dude, haw- like I can't tell you how many hawks fly by as soon as you start calling. Like yeah. hawks, coyotes, bobcats, fox, even like possums and raccoons and skunks like
2: crows, everything, yeah,
1: they'll everything wants to kill turkeys, including Owls. us. Yeah. Do you know owls yep. want to as well? Oh dude, absolutely, man.
3: Crazy.
2: Yep. Yeah, I I've seen quite a few quite a few very unique things. Actually, I saw a crane and a um jake going at it this year. That was very Whoa. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, I don't know if river
1: crane. otters will do it, but I had an encounter with a river otter this year, which was awesome. We so set- did I. Dude, like right next to us in this tiny little creek, man. And it was giant. I bet you that thing was three to four feet long. And it was in the creek bottom 15 yards from me. It was one of the cooler experiences I had. That's
2: awesome. Mine wasn't that cool. We uh, we just happened, like, you know, right, it was right after I ended up shooting my second bird. Um, me and Sam were on our way home. And she's like, oh, I think there's birds out there. And so we kind of drove up and I'm like... You know how like an otter runs. You know, it kind of looks like an inchworm. Yeah. And I'm like, No, that's not that's not a turkey. I was like, I don't know what that is. So I pulled over. I I they were running through a field. Like a a wide open (laughs) cornfield. I'm like, I don't even know where they came from. But yeah, it was two two otters running around out in this field and then uh we drove around the corner or whatever of the field and kinda got up and yeah, they I mean they were about fifteen yards in front of us just running down the road. I thought that was super cool. Dude, that's awesome but yeah it was a it was a very very um, fun hunt I there was I think we picked up my decoys and moved positions about four different times <laughs> I just I couldn't get happy with how we were set up It was either too much brush or you know I was too far away from the decoys and I'm like come on dude you know like get it together here it is the, this thing is within a hundred yards in this wood. And, like, you don't have much time to be messing around. So, I set the decoys up fairly close. um, Probably within about 15 15 yards or so. Um, So, I mean, not too bad. But, yeah, he he came right in. I mean, it was, like, maybe a minute or two after we sat down for the last time, he was already coming out of the woods. I mean, you've got to love it when a bird is within 30 yards of you just hammering away. So, yeah, he came right into the decoys, and I didn't give him much time to kind of hang around and end up uh, pulling the trigger, and he folded right there. So that was a that was a pretty sweet moment, and it was even better because I was kind of having another rough patch, um, not really seeing too many birds. But the, the nice thing about later season is there's less hens that have not been bred yet, so you start getting a lot more toms by themselves, you know. Yeah, it's more competition to still Mm -hmm. breathe. Yeah, yep. So we it was uh, was it It would have been Saturday night. I took a couple buddies out, and one of them missed a bird, and we were on our way home, and I just happened to look off to my right, and I spotted this bird way out in this field, and I was like, "Boy, that's a that's a pretty big bird," you know. wasn't strutting or nothing. I'm like. It's got I'm like, that's got to be a tom. If that's not a tom, that is a huge hen, you know? And so we pulled over and we looked and my buddy's like, dude, you ought to see that freaking beard on that thing. It is huge. Yes. So I was like, perfect. I know exactly where I'm taking my girlfriend in the morning. And, uh, she was working a 12 hour shift. I wasn't too sure if she was going to want to get up at three in the morning, you know, <laughs> she was up before I was, she's like, you ready? I'm, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Let's do it. You know? So, uh, you picked yeah, the we right got one, out dude. there. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm telling you. She's, she's falling in love with it. So, we, we ended up getting out to the spot kind of a little bit late. Um, you know, sun was already starting to come up and that thing was already, dude, just, just going nuts. He was all by himself, just gobbling like crazy. And I looked at her and I was like, this is going to be a fun, fun morning. We kind of, we got set up kind of sitting there listening to him gobble. I was kind of messing with him, making it sound like I'm a, I'm a hen, and I'm just starting to wake up as well. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard him gobble, and I'm like, that was different. That one sounded different, you know? And I looked at Sam, and I was like, I think he just came down from the roost. We couldn't see. but like, I think he just came down, and then he gobbled again. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's on the ground. And sure enough, I kind of peeked my head out a little bit, and he was about, yeah, about 150 or so yards away. And I was like, boy, that's a, that's a good sized bird. And he's out there strutting by himself. And I was, uh, sitting there kind of softly yelping at him. And I knew it was a little bit windy, so I was afraid that he wasn't going to hear me. But I knew he was just due to the fact that every time I would really softly yelp, he'd gobble to it. And boy, that thing, I, I, I got too much storage on my phone. So here I am calling at this bird, getting him to gobble, trying to delete as much stuff off of, you know, as many photos as I can (laughs) off my phone so I can, so I can take a video. And by the time that I could click on like 20 photos and delete them and start the video, he was already within like 35 yards. Um, So I mean, closing pretty fast. And uh, yeah, he, I told Sam there's a, there's a big divot in the field right next to us. I said, if he, comes across this divot. You know, I, I said this before the bird even came down from the roost. I said, if he comes across this divot and gets on top of this hill and he's on our side, he's within range. You know, so he's anywhere within 20, 25 yards. And I never really said anything after that. And that the, the, the bird came right through this divot, right up this hill to us. And I was like, Oh no, like hopefully she doesn't just shoot him right away. Cause he's also, he's, he was fanned out the entire time. And I'm like, man, I'm really hoping that, uh, she doesn't just pull a trigger and, you know, get this pretty much done and over with. Like, I hope she, this is, this doesn't happen all that often. I really hope she like, you know, absorbs all of this and just kind of sucks it all in and and enjoys it. And, uh, she did. She, I was a little bit nervous that she was going to pull a trigger and she, she, I think she was waiting for me to tell her to pull the trigger, but he walked all the way up 16 yards. We let him kind of sit there for a couple minutes and fan out and, you know, do his thing. And we just sat there and admired him. I mean, they, especially with the sun and everything coming up, just glistening off, man, do they have beautiful colors on them. It is, it's gorgeous to sit there and watch them fanned out like that, especially when they're within 20 yards of you. You know, I mean, you get chances like that, stop worrying so much about pulling the trigger and just observe and and absorb all of you know the the experiences that you're getting right now yeah and uh but yeah I was like okay like now now <laughs> it's it, we've had enough you know time to sit here and look at them I was like shoot them and yeah, <laughs> she pulled the trigger one time and just folded them up
1: dude that is so sweet man yeah to get her one Elena, one, you got two. Yep. What, what a season! All with man. the
2: same gun, too. The same, uh the brand new four ten. Yeah. Dude, I'm I've been looking, man.
1: I I got I'm that new. You. I got I got a new Benelli this year, twenty gauge, and I I've just shot twenty gauge. Aside from a short stint, I've done twenty gauge yep. almost all my life, and I love them. Yep. Um, but yep. yeah, as far as turkey goes, that was one of the guns that I was really thinking about getting was like the Mossberg single shot four ten. Throwing yeah, red man, dot and they're on so it.
2: cheap. I mean, like, you can't go wrong with buying a brand-new gun for 200 bucks. No. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. 410 ammo isn't all the cheapest. Um, but if you've got kids that are – or even – I mean, not even just kids. If you've got girlfriends or wives or something that are trying to get into the sport and um, you want more of, like, a beginner gun – I mean, beginner gun or not, I have – Came down to the conclusion: This is forever going to be my turkey gun. I'm hanging my 12 gauge jobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, I fell in love with it. I was a little afraid that, like, oh man, it's it's not going to have that big kick or the, that big loud boom, you know, and it's just not going to be the same, dude. Screw that. This, it, if anything, it was even a little bit more enjoyable, dude. And nothing is going to
1: ruin somebody faster than putting a three and a half inch magnum turkey load <laughs> in a 12 gauge. For their first <laughs> shot. I mean, I know yeah. adrenaline's rushing when you're hunting, but as a first-time hunter, trying to pull the trigger on one of those, it, my yeah. my dad used to say he used to have a Stevens 12-gauge, uh, and it was a single shot. And we always joked that it killed on one end, wounded on the other. And <laughs> yeah, holy right. cow, man, I can't tell you. It, every year we'd go sight that thing in because we were just shooting slugs out of it. And, man, it was one shot. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. It didn't matter where I hit on that box. You know, we'd draw, we'd put a piece of uh, duct tape or we'd draw a Sharpie circle on the box. And it was like, dude, as long as I hit the box, I don't care. I'm not shooting this thing anymore as a 12-year-old. Forget that.
2: Hunting's already expensive enough. Um, Shoulder surgery is is right up there with it. Yeah, no kidding.
1: Well, dude, what, what a season. I mean, all three of us had success, and I know a lot of people who had phenomenal turkey years. Um, what I'm going to bring back a segment that I used to do every episode, and I haven't done it in a while. It's called Emptying the Chamber. And that is a final thought that you guys can share with a listener. And let's keep it around turkey hunting. Normally, I open it up to anything, but... What is one final thought that you can empty the chamber and share with the listeners? Ooh,
3: I have, mine would be just don't give up, keep going out. Uh, because this was my technically third year hunting fourth year that I've really focused on Turkey, but last year I got married, so I don't count that season. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) so it was my third year and this was my first bird I killed. And let me tell you the work I put in to study and kind of figure out how to call a turkey and all that all paid off in that one morning sitting and getting a shot at a turkey. It was, mm-hmm. it was
1: all worth it. Yeah.
2: That's good, yep. man. Yeah. Anytime that you, it doesn't matter how much work you put into it, how much effort, blood, sweat, and tears you put into it for God knows how long, when that moment comes and you, you know, you're able to harvest one of those animals, it is the most, one of the most rewarding things that you'll probably ever experience in your life. Mhm. Yeah. At but, least, at least that's how it is for me.
1: Dude. And I would say, I would say like help not only enjoy it, like take the time to enjoy it. Don't get so caught up with it that it's like all about performance. Like you're out yep. there to complete a task for sure, but enjoy the process of it. Enjoy the days where you come home empty-handed and you learn something about it. You know, success isn't only when you shoot something. You can have a very successful hunt just by getting out there, enjoying creation, experiencing, you know, river otters, playing in a field or (laughs) in the creek. Um, But help others enjoy it, too. Don't put too much pressure on new hunters, you know. Let them have fun and continue to pass the sport along.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. 100%. You, you pretty much just took the words right out of my mouth. What I was going to say, um, you know, like I'm going to pretty much kind of add to what you just said. Don't, don't make it. And this is kind of where I failed, um, in my earlier years. Um, don't make the hunt and this goes for anything. Don't make the hunt about the killing because that's not what hunting is about. I mean, are we out there to harvest something? Absolutely. But that's not what hunting is all about. I mean, hunting is about going out there and enjoying the outdoors, enjoying the wildlife. And I'm talking wildlife as in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from frogs to, you know, little field mice um, to just Tweety birds, you know. I mean, one of my favorite things is when I'm turkey hunting is having a, a, a couple geese, you know, just a, a pair of geese that are going to be mating this spring and just watching them. You know, like they come in, they land in the the field and you get to watch them sit there and just honk back and forth or sit there and they feed or, you know, just whatever it is, absorb all that and just enjoy it. Because you would not believe the amount of people in this world that don't even have the opportunity to do that. You know, so if you're going to go out there, I mean, I always say like my favorite part is when the sky is just starting to get light. And you can, you can seriously hear the world wake up, you know, um, the Tweety birds start to wake up, the, the squirrels wake up, the deer start walking through and it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's not something that people see every day. And so for you to be able to put all this time and effort out there, you might as well enjoy it. Don't make it just about the killing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: so many other ways for you to be successful in a hunt.
1: No, I 100% agree with that, and dude, we covered a lot of good stuff here. Hopefully people, even just through the stories, I know we didn't share a ton of tips and tricks about turkey hunting, but hopefully through the success that we had this year, you can pull some information that's going to help you as a Absolutely. listener be better off next spring or even this fall when you get out in turkey hunting, and I don't want to cut this short. I know it's not really cutting it short because of all the good content, <laughs> but... We just had a couple more guys pull up, and we're about to go sight in some rifles. These guys both just got Ruger American 6.5 Grendels. And Austin and I were going to be shooting. I brought a couple rifles out, brought my pistol, and so we're going to hop on that. I think i got to mow a path to shoot down quick, too.
2: Well, I'm going to top you on that and say right after we get done with this, I'm going to go back upstairs and watch my kids. Yeah, I don't know if you know what topping that
1: <laughs> means. That is not really a one up, man. That's like a three down. <laughs> nice, man. Well, dude, Sam, thanks for hopping on. And next year, we're gonna have to plan. I think we gotta do Utah. You come down here for Missouri and then we'll come up there for Wisconsin. And that'll be Absolutely. my first multi state turkey hunting year.
2: Same. Yeah. You let me know. Uh you let me know when you're coming and uh, I'll make sure I get everything in order for you sounds good man thanks a lot alright thanks for having me
1: and that is going to wrap it up for today's episode I hope you guys enjoyed that and I had to cut it off at that point because we did have some buddies that showed up we were going to be sighting in rifles I was really excited because they both got 6.5 Grendels I believe and we ended up getting the rifles dialed in at 100 yards it was like first shots that these rifles had ever seen And in the whole process of getting excited about that, I forgot to give these guys an opportunity to share where you can find them on social media. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Sam, he's part of a group called New Outdoors. So you can find them at new.outdoors on Instagram and you can find Sam's personal page at timber underscore N. The, the letter N, underscore field, underscore photography. Uh, as far as Austin goes, so Austin has his own podcast, his own outdoor pages, and they are under Just One Outdoors, all spelled out. And then you can find Austin's personal page at Austin Reynolds, R-E-I-N-O-L-D. Anyways, all that to say, it was an amazing time getting to hang out with them, Uh, chat all about turkey hunting man I am already excited for next year and I think it would be really cool to travel and do a bunch of hunts in different states especially Wisconsin that is that's like my home state and I still haven't gone after a turkey haven't even attempted not it's not that I've gone out and not had success I really just haven't even tried to turkey hunt there at all so maybe next year will be the year I'm going to go ahead and put in for that right away so I don't forget But hopefully you guys had an amazing year, found some success, and I got to tell you, check this out. So I mentioned it on my, yeah, I think I mentioned it on the Western Rookie episode, but that's going to go out tomorrow. So you guys are going to be the first ones to officially hear. We bought some property. It's 10 acres. We plan on building on it. It's right outside town. The neighbor doesn't hunt. She has 15 acres. There's tree stands already up on both properties from the people who owned it before. And she said there's a lot of deer that are out there. And I was like, oh, gosh, they don't hunt, hopefully. And she's like, oh, there's a whole herd of deer that come out and feed. And I started getting worried because I was like, oh, man, I hope, you know, I'm fine with people being animal lovers. But if they're animal lovers and also anti-hunting, I'm like, please don't be that. And she's like, we have no problem with people hunting at all. We just don't do it ourselves. And I was like, yes. So closing is gonna be next month on that, and I cannot wait. I'm super pumped. Already looking at tractors and food plot equipment and side by sides, four-wheelers, you name it. I'm I'm pretty pumped. And it is a beautiful pinch point, just a natural travel corridor. There's a there's a creek that runs through it, a deep val a deep wooded valley right in the middle. I mean, it runs the full length east to west of it. And so you're going to hear a lot more about that property. Hopefully I can get some trail cameras out there soon and see, dude, I could be shooting a deer on my very own property this year. This is insane. Anyways, I'm going to let you guys go until next time. Always choose adventure and God bless.